Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hey everybody, it's Dave here, Darren over there. We are your two old bloggers, two plus decades each of commenting on your Minnesota Vikings publicly. Yes, we put it out for everybody to see, whether we're right, wrong, or indifferent. We do like a little positivity every once in a while, but we do call it straight whether the team is good, bad, or in many cases, indifferent, (laughs) mediocre, 500, whatever you want to call it, we're here for that, too. We have three themes today. As usual, first one we're going to start out with was inspired by Will Raggett's piece, uh, Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation for the Vikings, and it was how good Cameron Dantzler is. And actually, that he actually may be very good. And we'll show you why. Then comes, we're going to be looking at, after that, the the missing group. Where are the ones, the lost, forgotten, the ones out there exiled to an island somewhere? And can they actually produce? Talk about those individuals. Finishing up with DJ Wanham. Is DJ Wanham in a position to succeed, or is he going to be, be be forgotten by the time the season rolls around and starts? Who knows? But Darren and I are going to talk about it next on Two Old Bloggers. Climb in the pocket, Baby Norseman and Lake Monster Brewing presents Two Old Bloggers. Hey everybody, it's Dave here again, Darren over there again. We're about ready to get started with today's show. Hope everybody's doing well, enjoying their wonderful weekend. Should be a beautiful one. Everywhere you're at, unless you're probably up in the northwest where it's probably raining again and again and again. But that's weather, so hey, we enjoy the nice 100 plus degrees down here in Texas. How is it in the wonderful Yellowknife, Canada, Darren? It is awesome here, David. Uh, Been like sunny and in like the low 20 Celsius for about four weeks now. Ah, Beautiful. Uh, this, this This is like the hottest, the hottest June on since 1994 in Yellowknife. Anyway, uh, really enjoying it. Was out playing tennis this morning. Uh, getting a little bit of a tan going here. Uh, the uh, <laughs> the uh, pale pale faced um, winter Darren is gone. Uh, the tan Darren is back. Happy about it. Happy to t- be talking about the Vikings with you for uh, yet another week. Yes, and happy absolutely. happy to have all these fine people that are. Uh, 
ch- tuning in to actually listen to my ramblings and your ramblings. It's, it's amazing anybody would listen to what I have to say about the Vikings, but I'll take it. Yes, especially on a Saturday afternoon, but we will get into it. We start off here, and we always go to our first theme. Anticipations. Here it is. Cameron Dantzler, the man, the needle, the myth. Is he good? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, we certainly. Uh, it, it seemed that Mike Zimmer didn't feel that he was very good the past two years because he kept yanking him in and out of the lineup. But um, as you mentioned in the intro, that skull, Brian, uh, indeed. As you mentioned in the intro, uh, Will Raggett's had an, had an article in Sports Illustrated. Will's the Sports Illustrated Vikings beat writer. Um, good, good writer. I enjoy his stuff. And he, he, he was uh, focusing on Dantzler. Dantzler was the first player that I honed in on when I was looking at breakout, potential breakout players. I talked about him probably a couple of months ago or maybe more. I had various reasons for why I thought Dantzler was a potential breakout player. But uh, Will Raggett's article indicates, and he takes a look at uh, some analytical sites uh, about Raggett's, but that article indicates that maybe Dantzler has already broken out in a way. Uh, that he so I'm a little bit late to the party, and you you, you got it there. You, you see it um, again. Uh, pro Football Focus as a rookie felt that it had him ranked twentieth out of seven seventy corners who played at least at least six hundred snaps, and then in twenty 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 one he had him as sixteenth out of eighty corners, and again the run defense grade is a maybe a surprise to us, but uh, they had him very highly ranked as a run defender, even though uh, we know that uh, Cam is not, uh, as he's got the nickname Needle because he's kind of thin. He's tall and thin and not the, the biggest guy, but he, he gets his nose in there. And also uh, beyond, along with the pro football focus rankings, Will mentioned about the, the uh, next gen stats. You've got another great um, vi- visual up there. Hopefully everybody can read it. Uh, but essentially, he had uh, Dancer was out of the was ranked um, seventh out of the ten top coverage players according to Next Gen stats, and you can see down there they've got all kinds of various uh, ways they rank that from like passer rating allowed, catch rating below expectation, tight window percentage. I always get a laugh out of tight window. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I, I don't know. I, I I get other things when I think about tight. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> feel about other things there. I'm not going to go into <laughs> go into what what's going up in my head when I think about that. But anyway, you, I think Dave, you've already kind of clued in on that. Anyway. Um, but those are those are pretty good stats. Those indicate mm-hmm. that Cam Dantzler is a, is you know a pretty good player, maybe a, a much better player than Viking fans give him credit for, and certainly a much better player than I feel that Mike Zimmer gave him credit for in the, his first two years. I don't know what it was, uh, but Dantzler seemed to get in his doghouse easily. It was pretty hard to believe when you'd watch. Rashad Breland, particularly last year, continued to get torched and torched and thrown at and picked on game after game after game, and he kept on getting trotted out out there no matter how badly he played. And in and then Dantzler gets sat, doesn't even dress for the season opener, and then he's not not playing much unless somebody got hurt or or somebody was sick, like like mm-hmm. Breland happened. And finally, he got in there, and when he was in there. <clears throat> 
to my eye test, he was the best corner we had. And yet we didn't play him. We played Peterson. We played Mac and Cheese. We played Rashad Breland. It was it was weird. A little bit uh, of Chris Boyd at times. Yes. Yeah, a little bit of Chris Boyd at times. Again, the dancer makes a mistake. I think it was in the Pittsburgh game. Zimmer yanks him, puts in Chris Boyd. <laughs> you know, weird, weird stuff. Uh, and and it I, was because you saw those good grades. When he was in there, he was getting targeted. Right. As mm-hmm. Patrick Peterson whines about PFF grades from last year, he was like, they didn't throw at my side very much. And really, they didn't. But they did throw when Dantzler was in on Dantzler's side, and he still had all those good grades. Yes. And we know that um, you mentioned Patrick, Patrick Peterson. We know that pro football focus in particular did not graded him very well the past three years, I believe, uh, something that Peterson is not happy about. But those are <laughs> the grades. Uh, there are some indication, I think, of what a player, how well a player is doing or not doing. And really, you know, Viking fans, I think that Will Raggetts mentions in his story that, like, I don't know if this is actually true, but it, it, it makes sense that. Uh, there's a now that when the Vikings drafted Andrew Booth, a uh, guy with mm-hmm. first round talent who fell to the second round because of injury concerns, and uh, that there's a feeling that Booth is a guy that's going to challenge Dantzler for that one of those starting outside corner jobs, and that Dantzler's got to really prove himself in his third year to be in the Vikings' long term plans. I don't understand that thinking if people think that because a I think if Booth is going to challenge anybody. <clears throat> I think he's going to challenge Patrick Peterson because Peterson is the guy, uh, again, through the eye test. I know he didn't get thrown at a lot, but when he did, I didn't find him particularly impressive. He's a year older, not any faster. The grades on him have been meh for like, again, three years. Really, he's a guy on the downside of his career. Dantzler is a guy I think is on definitely on the upside. Already a good player if you look at these advanced <laughs> Some of these advanced, you know, stats, mm-hmm. analytic sites, whatever you feel about them, I think that, you know, don't be surprised if Dantzler this year is one of the Vikings' best defensive players on the team. Uh, I think he's good. I think he's played well in the two years that he's played. When he's played, the previous coaching staff didn't seem to like him too much. I don't understand why. He makes plays. He forces fumbles. He makes plate makes plays on the ball. He makes interceptions. None of our corners in the past three years did any of those things. All they did was let guys catch the ball in front of them. Mm-hmm. Campbell Ansler, yeah, you know, sure, he got – we all remember the, um, the touchdown against Detroit mm-hmm. in that last game playing way off. Uh, we remember that weird play when DK Metcalf, he was just looking up into the right. – the, the, the skies uh, uh, looking for – on a fourth down pass deep. If he played the ball, the game's over. Those are a few isolated incidents. Incidents on the whole, I think Dancers played pretty well his two years. And again, I think that the stats say he's a good player. I think to me, when I look at him, he's a good player. Get him out there, give him some confidence. Don't have him worrying about getting yanked when he makes a mistake. And again, I think he's going to be one of the Vikings' best defensive players, a, a real stalwart defensive player in 2022. And he better be because we don't really have a lot of proven guys. That corner right now. Right. And we, like you mentioned, Andrew Booth, and we also drafted another corner. Yeah, Caleb Evans. Yeah. Caleb Evans. Uh, those guys, Andrew Booth is finally getting healthy off of his injury. Caleb Evans is, to me, a relatively unknown. 
it's going to take time for those guys. I agree. The one thing that one of the reasons Zimmer kept him from starting early in the season was he had a bad camp last year. And uh, we could see it. It was reported as such. And I think that's why Zimmer went, one of the reasons why Zimmer went with Bashad Breland, who was absolutely horrible. But at the end, it was basically all Cam Dantzler. And I agree with you that we'll probably find out when Booth starts getting in and gets some playing time that he's going to be competing with Patrick Peterson to possibly take Peterson's spot. And we won't even entertain the rumor that flew out yesterday that supposedly Peterson may be on the trade block. I don't <laughs> think that that's just a BS rumor, so don't believe it. Now, if Peterson were, were to lose his starting job, I don't think he'd be very happy about that. And then, yeah, then you possibly could see him being traded because he'd want out and the Vikings wouldn't have much use for him. They wouldn't want a, a, a grumpy veteran on the team messing up that that vibe <laughs> well it depends uh, on the attitude if he wants to take the, yeah at that point if he wants to take the mentorship role you know like terrence newman did you know i could i could be for that and he may be for that but we've we've got to play some football first yes to see exactly where these guys are at so i'm just saying if if peterson yeah you certainly want to keep peterson if he lost his job, you'd, but he's okay with that, he's like, well, that happens. you got to compete. I'll just put, uh, practice harder, study more, and try to win my job back and mentor the guys while I did because I'm on the end, sort of the, the, the tail end of my career. Definitely you want to keep a guy like that. But if Peterson were to take, you know, say, I, I lost my job. I don't think I should have lost my job. I want, you know, I don't want to be here. Then you, you get rid of him for whatever you can. Or uh, even if even if the Vikings – depth at corner is iffy which i think it it is is now it is now uh even though we you know addressed it in the draft and free agency with kind of mid-level signings and then the 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 draft picks that we've made certainly booth is expected to have an impact but caleb evans i think i'd be very surprised if he plays very much this year and uh, but uh, i could be surprised it'd be i'd be pleasantly surprised if he did and he was a good contributor but i'm not expecting that from him booth i am expecting him to do something something Mm -hmm. and a challenge i mean that's that's why he's he was drafted as high as yeah. yeah. That's why he was, you know, he should be, uh, he should be challenging for playing time and playing a fair bit. I don't know if he's a guy who can play in the slot. I did not see that in any of his scouting reports. He's mostly, I think, he's been primarily an outside guy, but uh, mm-hmm. but a very smart player, very athletic player. Maybe maybe he can play that role if whoever's playing the slot struggles. I don't. But I don't see. see I don't see the slot being a deal if it, if they take the. Uh, guy we got from Green Bay and put him in the slot if he struggles I suspect one of the safeties will play that position move into that nickel sort of role mm-hmm. so and we're going to see more safety play yes. I don't think I think your three primary outside corners are going to be Patrick Peterson Cam Dantzler and Andrew Booth when he's up to speed yeah I agree so. I agree on to theme two. All right. You wanted to talk about the great unknowns. 
<laughs> and we start with Coach Mike Smith. We do uh, one of the uh, out of the mini camp. Uh, one of the Mike Smith was interviewed, talking about his the crew that he's uh, working with, and he said a couple of things that um, I was found interesting. One was that he specifically went out to mention Patrick Jones the third and said that he had the best get off of anybody that he was working with. Which and he said it might not even be close, which was interesting because he's working with. Daniel Hunter, I think. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I think Hunter's get off must be pretty good. Uh, he's <laughs> been in the pro, multiple pro bowler and, uh, you know, the fastest guy to how many sacks before 25, whatever that, that record was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's that. And, uh, and you've got Zadarius Smith as well. So that's, um, that was an interesting thing he said. He also mentioned Janarius uh, uh, Robinson, another 2021 uh, draft draftee, uh, talking about how long his arms are. Uh, and uh, I guess that's not really an athletic skill, but uh, it's something. It's a good trait. Never, it is well, a good trait. It's a good trait when you're a defensive end yeah. or an offensive tackle. Yes. So he had mentioned those things, but the, uh, him well, talking about – Yes, but uh, Smith talking about Patrick Jones the third, who was drafted in the third round, and then Janarius Robinson, which was drafted in the fourth round, made me think about all of those Vikings uh, draftees that were picked in the third and fourth round in 2021, and uh, the and really the uncertainty amongst all of those players. Uh, like I said, they, the Vikings drafted seven: Wyatt Davis, Kellen Mond. Um, Patrick Jones III, Chaz Surratt, Robinson, and then they got uh, uh, Cameron Bynum, and um, as well as Kenny Wongwu. That was mm-hmm. seven seven dudes that they drafted in the third and fourth round, way more than any other NFL team drafted in that in that round. But when you look at these guys, uh, uh, the we we don't know very much about what their capabilities are. We've talked a bit about that in the past, and that Zimmer was reluctant to play he liked his veterans didn't like to bring in the young guys but of all those seven guys uh Cameron Bynum pitcher up there was the mm-hmm. he played the most uh 440 snaps but over half of those or about half of those were special team snaps so he only really played 200 or so defensive snaps and that was the most out of all of those dudes seven dudes um most of them didn't play at you know very much or at all uh, Patrick Jones got a little bit of playing time later in the year, but um, they either didn't play, sometimes weren't even dressed. In Janarius Rob- mm-hmm. Robinson's case, he was on IRR and didn't play at all. Uh, when they did play, um, you know, Ken A. Wongwu was probably the most impactful of all those players, right. and that was really just two plays, two kickoff returns, basically. That was his biggest impact. And then after that, Cameron Bynum flashed in a couple of his starts. But overall, most of these guys, even when they were in there, they didn't really show much. And that includes Patrick Jones the third, and a lot, you know, five of those seven guys, you know, um, Mond, uh, Surratt, Wyatt Davis, Patrick Jones the third, Cameron Bynum. Those guys were some of their be- the best players on their college teams. They were very productive throughout their whole college career, and uh, but yet. Again, we don't know. We don't know if they're going to be factors at all. If they're going to be good pros, uh, huge uncertainty, and that kind of worries me because again, we picked seven of these dudes in you know mm-hmm. fairly high part of the draft, and 
yeah, I, you know, it just, it, it really worries me. Are they all busts? Uh, it's really, really not look, it's not great for the Vikings. Uh, you know, I would say long-term and the NFL long-term is like three or four years, but long-term right. future. If all of these guys end up being busts and, um, you know, wow, it's just very uncertain what these guys are going to bring. And it, We've been piling a lot on Mike Zimmer, I think, in this show, and other people have as well. But uh, when you look at back at how he and Spielman, yeah, he and Spielman weren't talking at most of the year, and maybe one of those reasons was that <laughs> was these guys that Spielman drafted. He's going into twenty twenty one, Zimmer and Zimmer's thinking, "Hey, uh, I need to have a good year here to keep my mm -hmm. job," and my dumbass GM is drafting guys who are project players not ready to play who might be two or three or four years away. I don't have two or three or four years. I need guys that can produce, can play now. make it, yeah. can play now. And my GM's not doing that. So interesting. Uh, I, you know, I'm really keen to see what Patrick Jones, the third can do in this new defense. Uh, will, will Chaz Surratt emerge at all? Will Kenny Wongwu become more of a part of the offense, or is he just strictly a kickoff return guy? Wyatt Davis, the invisible man, will he move up the depth chart and challenge for a starting guard position or maybe even the center position? Uh, these are a lot of questions. I don't think and very few answers for them. Kellamond again, what's his? Is he going to become right. our backup? Or, you know, you know great things were said about him, and then – Supposedly in practice, it's not showing up. So, but but you you don't want to you cannot. I don't think it's you cannot whiff on seven players in the third and fourth round and then not have an impact on your team down the road. I think and how competitive they're going to be. Uh, so really, I'm very worried about those those third and fourth rounders and whether any of them are going to amount to anything. And even Cameron Bynum now is. It looks like he's lost. We were kind of thinking he might be the starter opposite Harrison Smith. Mm. We liked some of the things he had done in the games he'd played. He looked like a smart, heady guy who could make plays. And now it looks like Lewis Seen's going to be starting for him. Uh, and uh, he's kind of the third safety who will play in some sub packages, maybe. Uh, right. And, and I, that, I suspect there'll be a lot. Uh, yeah. 400 snaps, maybe, out of 1,000-ish. We'll see. Mm -hmm. That that's that's going to be how much does he play? How much do they play a three safety system? Is going to be interesting to see. Donnie, game changer sixteen asks. Oh, it's hard for players when they only get five plays game. Yep. Donnie, like on most football teams, you do not prove yourself on game day. You first got to prove yourself on the practice field. And if you can't make it past that, you are not going to get plays on game day. And if you do get those five plays on game day, you better kick ass to move up. And we saw none of that last year other than Nwangu, um and Bynum. And those Bynum, are the yeah. only two out of that group that we saw anything. Yep. Wyatt Davis only got 12 special team snaps, and that was it. Right, and he supposedly had problems with those. Come on, blocking is blocking when you're down on special teams. It's simple. Uh, <laughs> you beat the guy across from you. It's literally that's what you do, and it's uh, you got to do that. And some of that may be on him. Some of it may be Zimmer going, oh, "You're a rookie. I'm not even." 
bothering. But if you're a type A personality like 99% of these guys should be, you got to be out there to prove yourself, you know, hey, I'm good at this, right? And if they go, well, we're only going half speed, you better go three-quarter speed. You might get in trouble. But you better stand out and practice. You've got to do that. You just can't be, I'm good in games, and then ask, coach, why aren't you playing me in games? Because if they don't see squat and practice, you aren't getting in. It's just the way it works. And in the preseason, really, like Wong Lu didn't play other than that one kickoff he got hurt in. But in preseason, none of these guys flashed last preseason either. And they that wasn't where they did get a fair amount of playing time. Um, I see Brian's got the uh, – Brian Port says a comment about Scene was also picked because Hitman's past 30 and he's probably not going to be playing football, professional football for much longer, or if he is, it might not be with the Vikings. So, yes, Scene and Bynum might be your starting safety tandem in like 2023 or 2024. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, it's not like Bynum is is uh, trash or anything. But again, he only had two starts last year. He got a few snaps here and there in games after that, uh, giving the other safeties a, a bit of a blow. And in the two games he played, I thought he played you know pretty well. Uh, but uh, two games does not make you an all pro. It does not uh, mean that indicate that you're going to be a very good pro, although definitely more encouraging to see a guy like him stand out when he did get the opportunity than if he didn't. <laughs> but mm-hmm. But I, st- you know, he's still a huge question mark, as are all of those guys. Uh, but he's just not as much of a question mark. Great, I agree. And Steve, you're right. Uh, enthusiasm level was down. Obviously, the tension in the building. When mom and dad aren't talking, it tends to be miserable, and that mm-hmm. you know translates down. But they've got to overcome that. If you're going to be the best at what you do, you've got to literally overcome adversity. Um. Michael, your interior defensive line and those inside linebackers, we'll get into that probably in the next episode or two. We have talked about it before. We will look at it again. It will be certainly be a theme because, uh, yeah, the Vikings got to get better in stopping the run, and part of that's going to come from better play from the defensive line and the the inside backers, who are going to be Michael, uh, going to be Eric Kendricks and Jordan Hicks. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we shall see. It is now on the beer 30. Ooh. Our partner and sponsoring these shows is Lake Monster Brewing. Got a hat here. They've come out with their some of their summer stuff. It's absolutely great. Weather is beautiful up in Minnesota. If you're in the St. Paul or Twin Cities area, go visit them. If you're in the Vikings viewing area, grab a six-pack of your favorite brew at a local uh, vendor and enjoy it on a hot day fresh off the lake or off the golf course. You will be uh, amazed. And on tap this week, here's your list. They've got a Blood Orange Citrus IPA. To mm. lead it off, it's summer. They're going to get, you know, fruity. They've got a pog sour at the bottom of that and a whole bunch of other stuff in cans. They've got, of course, their famous Pilsner, the Como Claw, Empty Rowboat IPA, which is a superb IPA. They also have 
Depth Charge Juicy IPA, which is a good West Coast style IPA. Just tons of good stuff to enjoy a nice day over at Lake Monster Brewery at the Brew Pub or in the evening or out at the cabin when you bring it and have it a cooler full of ice. Lake Monster, when you're first out for that search for that rare and fulfilling beast of a beer. I'm we thirsty love. again, David. I don't know. <laughs> it makes me want to drink my beer here. Um, yeah. Good. But on to theme three. Yes, Michael. Bourbon barrel aged black looks awesome. Theme three. Here we go. DJ Wanum. <laughs> yes, DJ. Uh, I think uh, if you watch the Vikings last year on a regular basis, you'll know the answer to this question. But uh, uh, just letting you know that, uh, or throwing it out here, who led the Vikings in sacks in 2021? DJ Wanum. DJ Wanum, the guy pictured there. Eight sacks last year. Uh, he had had three as a rookie in 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, DJ had, uh, along with those sacks, he his snap count went up. Can like bit, did a big jump last year. He was like went from he had over a thousand snaps in 2021, uh, whereas it was about 600 as a rookie in 2020, mm-hmm. and 447 only of those 600 or so about 440 were defensive snaps. So there was also a fair bit of special teams in there as well. So you look at Wanham, uh, big jump in sacks in 2021 compared to his rookie year, big jump in the amount of playing time he got in 2021 compared to his rookie year. That looks like a kid who's on the rise, who's ready to be become a major contributor to the Minnesota Vikings in 2022 and the Minnesota Vikings new look defense in 2022. That's what the, those stats would tell you. But uh, if you look at it a little bit closer, uh, there's some things to make you think that Wanham actually may not have that large of a role. Uh, you've got his pro football focus grade up there, David. 50.5 is not very good. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's bad. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, and I think uh, I remember uh, we don't have that stat, and I should have asked for it, but I think you would have got it. But pro football focus also tracks pressures and mm-hmm. DJ Wanham did not do very well in pressures last year. And that that was his problem. Yeah. You're, if you're looking at a defensive pass rusher, you want to look at their pressure rate. How many pressures per snap? Right? And it doesn't necessarily affect their sack rate, but generally the more pressures you have, the more likelihood you have of sacks. Uh this is a case where it didn't. He had eight sacks and his pressure rate was pathetic it uh i wish i brought up the numbers to give the people exactly what it was but it wasn't good and it was noticed and uh out of those eight sacks the majority of them were cleanups sacks they were caused by other things happening on the field whether it be pushed from the opposite side of the field whether when uh daniel hunter was out there or whoever was that pushed the quarterback into one of them or coverage was good enough that he had enough time and the quarterback was running around long enough that eventually he turns around and runs into DJ one of them. 
And that's what happened a lot last season. Yes, eight sacks are great. Uh, we especially loved the one previous season when he sacked Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Anytime you sack Aaron Rodgers is a wonderful thing. But Especially to end the game. Yes. But his play, lack of pressures, and his play against the run was not exactly stellar. No, and of those eight sacks, five of them came in two games against the Chicago Bears, who had one of the wor- had one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL last year. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of games where DJ was practically invisible, even though he was playing a fair bit, not making much of an impact at all. So you would like to sure it was. You know, I, I I thought he played well in the, at Soldier Field. He was a, obviously a, got three sacks there, and he was a key guy in that game. But you would really want want him to be a key guy in all the games or most of the games he played, and I don't think that was the case. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament tonight. We'll break down. We break down who will be cutting cut. What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. He's in a new system this year. He's playing a 3-4. I do not think that, you know, he has the he had the build that the Vikings were looking for in their defensive ends in the Rick in the Mike Zimmer, Rick Spielman years. Traditional 6'5", about 255, 260 pounds. Arms were pretty long. That was kind of the prototype they had for their defensive ends in their 4-3. Now he's running a 3-4. He doesn't have the build to play a 5-tech as a defensive end in the 3-4. He's now, and now he's, he's, so he's going to be a stand-up edge linebacker. And so there's a questions. Can he adapt to that? He did play a little bit of linebacker last year when the Vikings mm-hmm. ran a bit of the, you know, uh, did a few three fours and he'd drop into coverage and that sort of a thing. But that's going to be an adjustment for him. I don't think he did a lot of that at South Carolina in college. And then the other thing is, is that the Vikings signs Zadarius Smith. So Smith is going to be one of the edge linebackers, starting linebackers. And Daniil Hunter is the other starting edge mm-hmm. linebacker, which means Bonham is not going to be a starter. He's going to be a backup I think he will be a guy who spells Smith and or Hunter at some of those times, but uh, his playing time is definitely going to go down. And the, like you mentioned about the run defense, the, the DJ has the reputation for not when he was in a, in the four, three for not setting the edge very well. And that was one of the issues why the Vikings not, the only issue, but that was one of the issues with the Vikings and their poor run defense the last two years is that when Wanham's out there, he's not setting the edge. He's actually getting pushed back and pushed back or sucked in. Yeah. Um, so 
causing problems that way. Um, so, and we, and Ed Donatel made it very clear in his introductory press conference that uh, he wanted guys who set the edge. Uh, and so if DJ Wanham cannot do that, and uh, then I think playing time is going to be, you know, more hard, more difficult for him to come by. Um, it's going to get cut into just the fact that he's play, probably playing behind Zadaria Smith. And if Smith is healthy, and we hope he is, he'll be playing the majority of the time. Again, DJ Wanham is going to be, I think he'll be the, the first linebacker off the bench, giving those guys a blow. But the snap counts, I don't see them being anywhere near 1,000 in 2022. And that's going to mean his, his production is going to go down. His sack production is going to go down. Uh, and uh, so they, the, the guy who after last year, if you look at some of the, you know, the traditional stats, sacks in particular, you'd say, oh, he went from eight, from three to eight from his rookie year. This guy is ascending. He's a coming star. I don't think that's the case. Like you said, some of the, a lot of those sacks were not because of something great he did, but just, you know, shit happened right mm-hmm. <laughs> and he kind of yeah. ran into them um you, i don't know like i, I was uh, drew bunting uh, had messaged me before this and he was talking about wanaman was interested in this section of our show and uh, and i kind of said off the top of my head that dj wanham is kind of a poor man's Derek Derek alexander uh, <laughs> and and uh, you know Alexander was an okay player, uh, but not a great player. And I think DJ Wanham is kind of like that too. You know, kind of an okay player, but he's a an okay player uh, who is going to be struggling for a role in this new Vikings defense with the players we have. Really, last year a lot of his snap count was a lot of it was i think was based on the, the vikings played him out of more out of necessity than merit especially mm-hmm. when everson griffin had the mental issues and right. he was gone for the year then they really had to, and daniel hunter and was gone daniel really. hunter got hurt yep yeah so they, they had, had no to play DJ. they had no choice but to play dj Wanham. uh he was one of the best they had and it, it worked out okay but again i think that he's gonna Matching last year's production is going to be a tough task for Wadham considering he's got better players that he's got to beat out and he's not going to be able to do it. And he's, um, yeah, and the, the snaps are going to be way down uh, unless these guys playing ahead of him get hurt. And we don't want that to happen. So DJ Wadham, I think, is, is a guy, you know, if he's the, the kind of player you would really hope was ascending because he's perfect. He's not yet 25. He's still on his rookie contract. Uh, so you're getting, you're getting cheap labor. And if it was really productive, cheap labor, that's what you want. But I think DJ is going to be taking a step back next this year. And unfortunately, and, uh, and uh, booked, uh, I hope I am proven wrong, but, uh, and that he will, he will provide a spark when he's in there and be extremely productive when he's in there. But I think based on, again, the kind of the stats that we've seen that you've already cited, that uh, he'll have to be a substantially different and better player this year than he has been in the previous two. And I don't know if he's got it in him. On the positive side, I was listening to a podcast, I think it was Vikings.com one, um, where they were talking to, it was Smith or the other outside linebackers coach. Yep. And he was going through the different people in the group. You know, Zedarius Smith, we know he's awesome. The whole story about how Daniil Hunter was questioning Zedarius Smith and going, I thought you were mean. You got after people. And then they turn out, no, he's he's fun to be around and they're great friends, right? Yep. Do everything together. And that's absolutely wonderful. 
But when they got down to the different ones, whether it be, you talked about Janarius Robinson. I think the quote was, his arms were so long he could scratch his ankles without having to bend over. That's um, what he said, yeah. But when they got to DJ Wanham, they go, DJ Wanham's the smartest guy in the room. He is very extremely football smart. Hopefully, that is the case, that he is football smart. And now maybe with that smart, he can get it more into the subconscious realm and react properly, right? Slow the game down, right? You may know all the the schematics, you know, all the rules. If this guy steps here, I do this. If this guy comes across me, I do that. I look here. I look at all the different reads, right, and all the different steps. But if you're thinking about it, it takes forever, and you're going to get caught out of position. If it becomes subconscious and you're doing it automatically, everything slows down, right? And then it's boom, 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 look, right, boom, down, whatever you're doing, right? And then it becomes instinctual, and you can defeat it because you know when you step here in this, that may mean there's a pulling guard coming from my right side if I'm on the left end that I know if he's coming that I need to look at the uh, running back, you know, for certain things and I need to set up to deflect the pulling guard away so I'm free to make a tackle, stuff like that. If he can do that, if those smarts are there, right, and not just head smart, but can go into the subconscious and translate to play, he may be the best backup you know, or one, at least one of them on the team, and he'll be the first one off the bench. And that will do well for him if he gets, you know, to his next contract, be it with the Vikings or somebody else, or God forbid Smith or Hunter get hurt again, which we all hope to, isn't the case. I told Drew asked me the same question he asked you, and I, I, I said, Wallum's a contradiction, right? He gets the high sack numbers, but he was – not good against the run, and he got caught out of position and stuff. However, he's been talked about as the smartest guy in the room. That you need to be able to resolve that, right? And the only way is up. And if you go down there, you know, it's it's too bad. But we don't want him to go down. We want him to go up on his skill no. and apprehension. Or not That's apprehension. right. And, and – and, uh, being a smart football player also would indicate to me that uh, he should be able to uh, formulate a plan when he's pass rushing, meaning, and that he'll be able to pick up the different ways, different moves, and be able to f- figure out how to use those to his advantage in a game. Yeah, like set it, up a tackle. Said, set you up know? a tackle. That, that to me is what I see. That's something that I would think a smart football player would be able to do. They've got mm-hmm. a plan. They know how to execute the plan. And like I said, they can – they're able to process it quickly enough and be able to read certain things on the fly uh, to be able to set up the, the offensive line, tackle, guard, whoever they're facing, so they can get that advantage, get that pressure, get and eventually get that sack. So uh, I like smart football players, and 
And uh, the Vikings, I, I believe, drafted a lot of them th- in this draft. If, um, we talked about it last week, or, uh, or I, I talked about it with somebody. I think I was actually Drew offline, or I was really impressed with this. Got nothing to do with DJ Wanham, but in a way. But uh, I was, I've been really impressed with all of the interviews I've heard of almost all of the Vikings draftees because they are they're so well spoken. They seem to have it, their things together off the field, and while that doesn't guarantee that the player is going to be good on the field uh i like i like vikings players to be good people and i think uh i I like them to be smart and i think that being intelligent helps you in athletics (laughs) it's it's great it's great to be like the best athlete in the world but if you're a if you're a rockhead sometimes that doesn't really help you too much and uh, and uh, and uh, we've seen plenty of rockheads with great athletic ability who flame out as a pro Mm -hmm. and as mary said uh Team building that seemed a little non-existent as guys went in their own little ways last year. Hopefully that is an improvement too because you want to care about your guys and do the best for them. It's just like in the military. Uh, Who are you fighting for? You're fighting for your brother next to you and your brother behind you, your sister, whatever. Whoever's out there, you're doing it for them. That's your first and primary responsibility. And if they play like that, where, hey, I'm doing this for my interior defensive lineman, for my linebacker behind me, for my corner that I know has got my back. As a, as an edge rusher, those are the guys you're thinking of. Then you're going to be successful. And hopefully mm-hmm. that is the case for the young DJ Wanham. But he's got his work cut out for him, I think. Oh, yes, he does. And he's going to have to press to get time with Zedarius and Daniil. The yep. known starters. Yes. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. What did everybody think of those three themes? I thought, I thought they were great because <laughs> I came up with them. <laughs> well, I sent you that article early. Um, That's true. Um, Drew, David's always funneling me these stuff to make me think about what we're going to talk about. If it wasn't for him, I'd be like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Drew even looked at, uh, I sent him a piece on uh, fantasy ratings for some of the stars on the team. And those correlate with what we expect out of certain people. And we may talk about that next week, but we'll see. There was a few uh, highly rated Vikings in that, that list. Mm-hmm. And again, yeah, no, nobody, uh, and uh, no, no surprises either. But, uh, but uh, yeah, some always interesting, to, interesting to see what those uh, fantasy rankings, have, what they, how they view the Viking stars, or who we think are the stars. Right, and how do they look at it? Is Kirk Cousins going to score more touchdowns or less touchdowns? Is <laughs> Alvin Cook going to score more? Is you know all that sort of stuff. So. What have you got going this week? What have you got going tomorrow? Tomorrow's Father's Day. It is. Uh, yeah, nothing special on right now that I know of unless somebody's going to surprise me. Probably probably be the case. Uh, but uh, I've already got mine planned. We're going to good. Crowded Whiskey Distillery tomorrow. That's their <laughs> name because they crowdfund their whiskey. And uh, they make whiskey here in South Austin. We're going to go do some whiskey tasting, some fine Texas whiskey. Enjoy the heat. I'll probably bring a cigar or two to smoke with it. And it should be a good day. I'm uh, 
guessing it will. That is, it's shocking, Dave, that you'd be going to a distillery. On, uh, <laughs> I know. Father, this- Father's Day. Either that or a beer, brew pub. Yeah. Well, they've got those around here too, but no, yeah, we're, picking, right. we're picking whiskey for tomorrow. Um, this week on Climbing the Pocket, we've got a couple shows planned before next Saturday's Two Old Bloggers. Our first one is Tyler's The Real Forno Show. And on Monday night, we're going to party like it's 1999. Jeff George sighting there. Wow. We're going to talk about Jeff George in his series of underappreciated seasons the Vikings have played. And 1999 was a good one. And uh, I like Jeff George. Full attitude. And he had a fucking bazooka. Pardon my man, language. For man, could he sling it. Man, mm-hmm. could he sling it. And uh, I think he... I think you could throw go. You could put him on the like the the one yard line, and then without him stepping into it, he could throw the the other end zone. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. how, how great of an art. Yeah, it was a howitzer. Bam! And of course, Randy Moss was awesome that season. So that's Monday. Wednesday, we have your Vikings Happy Hour crew back, and they this weekend have been studying. They are out at Chad Graff's Charity Event Golf Tournament this weekend. And as you can see, they are studying. They've got both got different Lake Monster brews in their hands, and they are getting ready to see you on Wednesday. They've been talking nothing but football while they play golf or drink beer. It's got to be a great time, and uh, we look forward to hearing it on Wednesday. And then, of course, after that, you have Darren and I again next weekend. For two old bloggers and our next three themes, whatever they are. Yep. Don't know. Hopefully, we don't. There isn't any Viking breaking news, like I said this week. Oh, it's breaking news this time of the year is always bad news. Uh-huh. Yes, and so, we don't want that. Now they're out on their. They usually take their vacation, then they get back into the. Let's start training with our yep. non-Vikings coaches and whatever and that's that they may come to the facilities for working out if they're local but uh now we don't want to hear any news other than everything's going well what do we have to say what's your any final words i do not david other than uh happy father's day to all the dads out there who Mm -hmm. joined us and uh, thanks again to everybody who, who watched again today. And we'll hope to see you back here and more. A um, few people that were missing, like uh, Viking Jerome and, and a few others. I see Stephen Power didn't sign on nope. <laughs> to, from, Australia. From, from, from Australia this week. Maybe he's still sore from my uh, comments about Kirk's Cousins. I don't know. But hopefully Stephen <laughs> will be back in the near future. Uh, but uh, but it will. Uh, we got a whole week uh, to come up with themes, and we'll be back on Saturday to talk Viking football again, which we all love to talk about all year long, no matter what's going on. That's right. And until then, I wish the same. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, uh, especially the single mothers that have to step in for it. It's 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 a good day. Make your dads happy. I remember mine. He taught me football, and uh, all is good. So, with that, what do we say? We say Skull Vikings, everyone. Skull Vikings!
Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout out goes to our partners, The Daily Norseman, where the best Vikings content can be found. And to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.